Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Hey friends, and welcome to today's podcast. So today I want to talk about making change happen because to live the life we want to live, it is going to take change. And this was a chapter of my book, chapter seven. Um, I called it making change. And when I was first writing the book, I really considered the title here to there because I'd moved from a corporate role to business ownership. And there were several people who asked me how I made that transition. And so the working title I had for the book really until the book was finished was called here to there. How do you move from where you are to where you want to be? And a part of that is once you figure out a change you want to make in your life, a career transition, most of the examples I'll use today are somewhat related to career transitions, but it could be anything. It could be a new habit you're trying to form. It could be trying to be a better parent or partner, whatever it might be. Whatever those changes are, it's going to require making change. And so there's a chapter in the book about how to make change happen. How do you actually make these transitions? So I'd say for today, start by thinking about a change you would like to make. And we're going to look at three categories of changes that sometimes we have to make. And it's sometimes we have to change our people set. Sometimes we have to change our mindset. And sometimes we have to change our skill set. So people set, mindset, skill set. And my goal is to give you a few tips in each of those areas. And, you know, hopefully by the end of this episode, you've identified at least one change you can make to get you closer to there, wherever your there is from here, where you are to there, where you want to be. And again, that could be career. It could be healthy habits that you're trying to create. Um, it could be being a better, better parent, a better child, whatever it might be that you're focused on at least one thing you can do differently to get you from where you are to where you want to be. That's my goal for today's show. And I'd love to hear from you about it. So uh, let me know what change you're making and what tips you're thinking about. You can find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore pace underscore green, like the color. And let me know what you're thinking about and which of these areas may have, you know, may have resonated best with you. So the three categories, again, are mindset, skill set, people set, which are the three I talk about in the book. I want to talk about the last one I talk about in the book first, though, which is people set. Because it's so important and it's been so just instrumental to me in making so many different changes in my life and definitely the career transition as well. So when you think about your people set, one kind of research foundation to, to think about is in the last several decades, you know, research tells us that most of us are living rather isolated lives. And this is pre-pandemic, but, you know, we've moved away from family. We've gone to different locations for job and career opportunities and we just don't live in community like we used to. And so we're not necessarily used to forming those really deep relationships. You know, I live in Texas and in Texas, in some of the neighborhoods, you're, you have a garage that's in the back of your house. So you drive in through an alley, you go into your garage, you go into your house, spend time with your family. When it's time to leave, you back out of that back alley where you're not seeing anybody and drive away. And that happens in 
lots of different types of neighborhoods and homes because we just aren't living lives in community. So this idea of creating your people set may be something new for a lot of us. And I think it was for me specifically when I made the transition from corporate to business ownership. So think about two aspects of your people. The first one is I would call your people, meaning the people you're around, your peer set. What we have to do is envision where we're going. So are there, you know, moving from here to there, envision where we're going, envision the people that are doing those kind of things we like to do and spend time with those people. So if you want to do a different career or you want to be healthier or you want to be a great parent, then you need to spend time with great parents, healthy people and people doing that career. And when I got ready to make the transition, I interviewed almost every business owner I knew because I don't know a lot of business owners. I'd never owned a business. I never had anyone in my family who'd owned a business. So I didn't have a good concept of it. I thought it was something I wanted to do, but I didn't have like the details of what that looks like. So I interviewed, I mean, just about every business owner I knew. I didn't, um, and all of them, well, with all of them, <laughs> almost all of them were super generous with their time and resources and ideas. And um, I mean, just shared so many things. I talked to them more than once, many of them, you know, they shared like what it was like, what their days were like, what their finances were like, like, could this be financially viable for me? You know, and then as I got further into the business, they shared everything from, I mean, people shared their contacts with me, their invoice methodology, um, how they got clients. I mean, it was just so helpful to me. And it was me putting my mindset with other people who were doing what it is I wanted to do. And it helped me do a couple things. One, it helped me confirm that that's what I wanted to do because now I felt like I understood it a bit more and I was, it kind of emboldened me or gave me more confidence about actually making this transition. And two, it just helped me do it better because they gave me so many tips and ideas and insights. So you have to figure out how to spend your time with people who are already where you want to be. And for me, I did a lot of interviews, which, you know, went to lunches and dinners and made lots of calls. And, you know, it does require an investment of our time back to that kind of Texas neighborhood idea where you pull in the bag and pull out. We're not always used to investing a lot of time in these relationships. You know, we go to association meetings, we kind of, and I'm saying we, because this is me too, plenty of times, Uh, but you know, you arrive five minutes late, hear all the content kind of, you know, operate as a consumer, leave right when the meeting's over don't spend time connecting with people, meeting people, you know, serving to work in that particular group. And that just makes us consumers, but it doesn't actually help us build connections and real relationships. So we have to kind of change that mentality and really focus on building connections, relationships with people who are where we want to be. So that's the first thing about your people set is find people that are already doing what it is you want to do or already doing what you want to do better well, you know, find people who are super healthy if you're trying to get healthy, you know, find amazing parents you can spend time with if that's what you're trying to improve in. So that's the first element. The second element of people set is I say, just start serving. For many of us, we're called to serve a particular group of people, or maybe it's even a cause or something that we're trying to serve. But whatever it is, if from a career perspective or other, you want to, you know, eventually spend time serving a particular group of people or even a cause, don't wait till you're getting paid, just start, like just start serving. And, you know, before I had my first paid coaching client, I coach clients in nonprofit for free. So I was working in a corporate role. And as a part of that corporate role, I was responsible for coaching people inside this organization, but I knew I really eventually wanted to make this transition to doing it in my own business. 
And so I started coaching corporate, you know, different nonprofit leaders for free. I wasn't getting paid for it, um, but it gave me great experience on how to do it differently with different organizations. It gave me people that I could help, right? Which was also just another one of those things that confirmed, oh yeah, this is absolutely what I want to do. And several of those clients also became people that gave me referrals, you know, because when you're on your own, when you're trying to get a new client, they'll say, tell me someone else you've, you know, tell me someone else you've been in business with. And when you're a new business, it's like, I'm new. I don't have any clients, but thankfully, because I'd done that, I had people I could refer them to. Um, They wrote testimonials, you know, that were able to be shared on my website. So I wouldn't wait. I guess sometimes I feel like we let money get in the way. And I don't mean that facetiously as though we don't need money. We do. I get that. But while you're working, you know, in other ways to make money, you can still be serving who you eventually want to serve, even for free, whether that's volunteering with a nonprofit or, you know, in any way you can. So the second thing I would say is if you feel called to serve a certain group of people or a particular cause, don't let money get in the way, start serving. And in that serving, you'll learn so much from it. You'll gain so much from it from a, just a enjoyment standpoint. Um, And that may help you confirm, okay, is this something I really want to move to, you know, maybe more full-time or in a more significant way? So that's people set. So the top two tips are one, Find your people and make sure you're building relationships and connections with people who are doing what you already want to do. And then to just start serving. Don't let money get in the way. Start serving. Start doing the things you want to do. You know, if you want to be a graphic designer, do pro bono graphic design work. If you want to be a baker, start baking. I'll eat all your baked goods. <laughs> like, like there are lots of people you can serve with the gifts and expertise you have, even if you're not getting paid for. The second area I want to talk about is mindset. And you know, because to do different things, you often need a different mindset. And I want to deviate from what I shared in the book to talk about something I've learned really in the last, I'd say 12 to 18 months. And it's going to sound like a buzzword, but don't turn me off. (laughs) Don't stop listening, but it is about self-care and by self-care. I don't mean spa days though. I'm all for a spa day. I love the spa, honestly, but I'm not talking about those sporadic things we do, you know, like vacations that, kind of take us out of our day-to-day. I'm talking about what are the daily things that we're doing that help us to take care of the things we have to do in our life and be able to live and enjoy our life, you know, in a way that contributes to our health and wellness. So how do we live daily life in a way that contributes to our just ongoing health and wellness? I think that's important because sometimes the sporadic things don't happen, right? Financially, Maybe it's a financial reason or a schedule reason or who knows what, but, you know, I don't think it's, I don't want us to live in our lives where we're kind of burning it to the end, waiting for that one spa day, you know, no, it's, I mean, that's great. If you can get a spa day, take it. But I also want us to be living just daily lives of caring for ourselves, which I honestly wasn't doing. So I was saying, this is something I've really learned a lot in the 12, last 12 to 18 months. And I mentioned before in other episodes that I've been working with a nutritionist who is amazing and she's helped me think way past nutrition. And, you know, in working with her, I wanted to share just two of the philosophies I've taken on, two of the mindsets I've taken on that have really helped me in this area. And it's been important to me because the, the work I'm doing right now required me to live life differently. I'm doing a lot more things than I was doing, I'd say maybe two years ago. Um, everything from this podcast, the book, I'm taking a class in a few weeks that I'm really excited about. I'm beginning serving with a, well, kind of reserving with an an organization again in the fall. And it's just a lot of things. And I honestly don't think 
if I was living my life now, the way I lived my life, I'd say three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to sustain my energy. I wouldn't have been able to sustain my health. And I really couldn't do all the things that I, I enjoy and love doing and feel called to do right now. So this kind of mindset shift on how to care for myself well daily has been critical for me and actually getting the things done that I feel called to do. So let me just give you two philosophies, kind of mindsets I've changed. One is listen to yourself, listen to your body. And I challenge you to do this for the next, I'd say at least seven days, you know, let's say seven days. Cause one day, you know, nothing happened. Yep, you all, <laughs> It's hard to learn anything in a day. I would say, listen and attune yourself to your body for the next seven days, because I have a get it done mentality. And in the past, let's say we were doing a particular task, you know, cleaning the house. If we started cleaning the house in the morning, I am cleaning the house until cleaning the house is done. Like, you know, I'm going all at it until it's completely done. And that would include, you know, if I saw someone else, like my family members taking a break, getting some water, sitting down. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a waste of time. (laughs) What a waste of time. We're trying to get something done. Let's break after we're done. It's a complete waste of time. I literally thought that, you know, taking care of yourself was a time waster. And so because of that in work and lots of other things, I would regularly skip meals. I wouldn't get anything to drink. I wouldn't go to the bathroom for hours. I would work myself to the bone, typically probably pretty irritated by the time it was over, but really viewed these tiny self-care activities throughout the day as a waste of time. When I could be doing more of what I would call, you know, quote unquote, if you're not watching me, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes, quote unquote, productive activities. And in the last 18 months, I have realized how ridiculous that is. I mean, not only is it ridiculous, I've learned it's inaccurate because I've learned that when I stop to take care of myself throughout the day and just listening to my body and responding to it, I have way more energy. I am much more productive. I have a much better energy and attitude about everything that I'm doing when I'm actually being responsive to my body throughout the day. And I wrote my nutritionist this week just to say thank you because these last few weeks have been so busy for me. I mean, it's been work things, family things, friend things, some of them joyful, like things I was like joyful things to do, celebrations, some of them really difficult things to do. But nonetheless, three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do all these things and end the day feeling well. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to get up the next day and do it all over again, which is what I've been doing for the last several weeks. Um, You know, resting in between, again, rest, another key thing that your body will tell you when you need, Uh, go sit down, you know, take a few minutes, rest yourself. So I'm going to challenge you all to do it different, you know, because before I really did have this go, 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 sporadic, you know, take a break go, 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 sporadic, take a break. And I wasn't really responding to what my body needed on a timely basis. And so doing it different, I must tell you, is way more sustaining. It's way more energizing and it's way more joyful. And so I'm going to challenge you all, if you've been doing it, like I've been doing it to do it different as well. I think about sometimes, especially, um, you all know, I'm a Christian in the Christian faith. We talk a lot about resisting, you know, our body sometimes, and you do have to do that. You know, the idea that you're you know, like I have a ice cream store. I love just down the street. Um, I think about going to that ice cream store every day uh, and getting a, a little cup of ice cream, but I don't because I resist that temptation to do that because it's not good for me. 
So we talk a lot about resisting things, but we don't necessarily talk about responding to your body. Yeah, there are certain things you want to resist because they're not good for you, but there are a lot of things you actually want to respond to. Our bodies were wonderfully made. They're wonderfully designed. They're telling us what we need. So there are a lot of things you actually want to respond to so that your body is healthy and well and able to help you do all the things you want to do. So I challenge you for the next seven days to respond to the good things your body is asking for and be generous and kind to yourself and give yourself those things and tell me, you know, let me know, does that make a difference in your life? It has made a huge difference in mine. And I think it'll make a difference in yours too. So that's the one thing about self-care, which is just respond to your body, be kind to yourself and give yourself what you need. The second thing about self-care is knowing what you love. What do you love to do? And I'm not even talking about career things right now. I'm talking about things outside of your career. What brings you joy? What do you really enjoy doing? You know, there was a time in my life where I was so busy with work, family, and the few things I might do for, you know, our community or our church, that that's all I had time for. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what I liked then because I don't think it mattered. The things that outside of the the things I liked within family work and the community things I was doing, anything else, it honestly didn't matter because I didn't have time for it. Um, now I, I now think back on that and think, I wonder if I could have done it differently, but I don't know. At the time, I definitely didn't think I had time for that. So it didn't matter. But when things changed a bit in my life, uh, you know, my daughter grew a little older. I was able to manage my work life differently. I had a bit more time for myself. And, you know, I would say I really didn't know what to do with it because I really hadn't explored. There's a learning process to what you love. Um, and I didn't know what it was I loved. So, you know, one way to think about this, if you know this for yourself, is if I told you, you know, that today, that for the next seven days, all your responsibilities are gone and you can do whatever you want to do here. I'm going to say where you are, because again, I'm not talking about the sporadic vacations. You can do whatever you want to do wherever you are right now. What would you do with yourself? Do you know what you're going to do? I, I honestly, for years, decades, I would say, did not know that. Um, I probably would have spent it, you know, watching TV or, you know, something, I don't know, that just wouldn't be totally fulfilling for me. So what I hope for you and what I've learned recently, which is the second part of self-care is know what you love and, you know, be willing to invest yourself and your time in doing it. You know, one of the things I told you a lot of this self-care came from this work with my nutritionist. And one of the concepts we talked about is that a lot of times because we don't know what we love and we're not investing ourselves and our time and what we love, we kind of invest in our called cheap thrills or cheap imitations of what we love. So television or social media or food or wine or, you know, those things that give you a little bit of enjoyment, but they're probably more distractions. They're like, they're little bits of joy, but they're not real joy. You know, they might be little bits of kind of entertainment, but it's not that real joyful feeling that you want. So it's like, okay, not that those things are bad, but if that's all you have, you really want to figure out some other things. So I'll tell you a few things that kind of helped me know that I'd started, I'm still on this journey, but I'd made some progress in figuring out what it is I love. And so this just happened a few weeks ago. If I've talked to you sometime in the last few weeks, I'm sure you've heard this story because I've told everybody. <laughs> They're probably tired of hearing it. But um, a few weeks ago, I was supposed to be on a trip to Greece with some friends of mine. We were doing a cruise. Um, one of my friends, Millicent Dixon, actually was on the podcast talking about how to live and work internationally. So I was meeting her and, you know, about 15 other, well, 15 people, girls trip for a milestone birthday for her. And long, long, long story short, 
I missed the entire vacation because of you know flight delays and cancellations and all the challenges in the travel industry. So I missed the whole vacation. So I basically ended up right back in Dallas about 24 hours after um, after I'd left. So I literally had that week of nothing on my calendar because I cleared everything on my calendar for probably two weeks, you know, over a week and a half to be gone and then some time to get back and reacclimate myself to the time zone. Um, so I had a solid week, I'd say, on my calendar with nothing planned on it. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? First of all, I was significantly disappointed, of course, but I also got a new perspective out of that time. And I'm going to read to you. I wrote a post. I don't think I ever posted it, but I wrote something that was kind of my aha moment that I was going to, I might send it to, I think I said to my husband and daughter, but anyway, I'll share this post and I'll tell you what I ended up doing with that week. So it's called the grease post. <laughs> and it says, I so missed celebrating my girl's birthday in Greece, but having a life I don't need to escape from is a blessing. A week at home with nothing on the schedule, question mark, let's go. And it has like the praying, the praise hands emoji, a heart and this dancing girl. And then I put one of my favorite scriptures, which is the blessings of the Lord make one rich and add no sorrow. So the blessings of the Lord make one rich and add no sorrow. If you don't know him, let me introduce you to him. Talk about Christ, my savior. Your eternity will be settled and you'll have a partner for life. DM me. My prayer is that we all live the abundant life he died to give us. So that was this post I wrote like that second day I was home. But it just gave me this idea that, you know, I missed this vacation. But the perspective I walked away with was, and I'm really thankful I don't have a life I need a vacation from per se, because I really enjoy the life I'm living. And I know how to <laughs> enjoy my life even when I'm at home. So I'll just tell you all a few of the things I did because these relate to the things I love to do. What I know, what I've learned about myself in the last 12 to 18 months is I love movement. I love spending time with friends. I love, of course, spending time with my family, like all of us probably do, or most of us probably do. I love learning and figuring things out. And I love the outdoors. So throughout that week, and I had pictures um, that I was taking throughout the week, just so I could remind myself of kind of what I did, but definitely moved my body. I went to my hip hop cardio class in Plano, BFIT cardio. It's amazing. If you ever want to join me, um, I spent time with friends. I had lunch with friends. I had dinner, talked on the phone, reconnected with people I haven't talked to in a long time. I did learning and figuring things out. I did my Wordle and a crossword puzzle every day. I love crosswords. I love Wordle. I don't have time to do it most of the time, but I did it every day. I spent time outside. So I like some of you all know, I take photography type pictures of the sky. So I took lots of sky pictures that that week, had a family date night, went on the boat with my family in the blazing heat. <laughs> but if we did, we went out and had fun, went to church, celebrated Father's Day with my husband, called my dad. I did have a spa day because I do love the spa. But in general, I was able to, you know, move my body, spend time with friends and family, spend time learning, spend time in the outdoors, because I've learned those are the things I love. So, you know, from a self-care standpoint in general, you know, one, care for yourself daily, like listen to your body, respond to your body, give your body the things it needs. And then two, learn what you love. It is a process. I'm going to tell you, I tried out lots of different things to see what it is I really enjoyed. and. Some things lasted, some things didn't, but I've learned some things I really do love. And so I can invest those, that time into myself and to just enjoying the aspects of my life. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Listen to your body, know what you love. The third area I want to talk about is skill set. 
And I think actually building your skill set is probably the most straightforward area. There's some nuances to it, but I think that's probably more straightforward. I think choosing which skill sets to build can be the more challenging part for a couple of reasons. And I think the primary reason is that we base our vision of our future based on where we are today. And I'll tell you what I mean, but um, we kind of think what we can do in the future is what we're doing today. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I mean. A lot of us have bought into this idea of natural skills, which means that, you know, if I'm good at something, I was meant to do it. If I'm not good at something, I wasn't meant to do it. So if I'm, if I'm meant to do something, it's going to be easy for me. And if something's difficult for me, it probably means I wasn't meant to do it. And there's an element of truth to that, right? And, you know, there's certainly certain gifts that we've all been given. Um, you think about some natural talents and things like athletics or singing, but research tells us that most experts are actually made. They're not born, meaning most people who are an expert in their fields and in different areas, they're experts because of the things they've done with the, with the talent they have, not necessarily their raw talent. And I'm going to read an excerpt from the book about this because this is really enlightening for me. And I hope it's enlightening for you as well. And it's some research that was from Dr. Benjamin Bloom. So in the book, it says, in a landmark study, Dr. Benjamin Bloom, a professor at the University of Chicago, studied 120 elite adult performers. Other than the impact of height and size for athletes, he found that expertise in adults could be explained by their intense practice, committed teachers, and family support. Dr. Bloom's summary was that consistently, and this is a quote from him, Consistently and overwhelmingly, the evidence showed that experts are always made, not born, end quote. Uh, this research was then replicated across many domains, including medicine, acting, chess, writing, programming, dance, music, aviation, firefighting, et cetera, et cetera. In summary, this means that you have the ability to gain almost any skill set that you desire if you are willing to work hard enough for a long enough time. So we can do it. I guess that's the summary of that, which is if you have an expertise that you want to build and it's different from what you're doing right now, or it's not something that you think is necessarily easy, it doesn't matter because if you're willing to invest the time from a, you know, intense practice, you're willing to invest in or find committed teachers and you're willing to find a group of supportive people, you can build that expertise. And I think for many of us, especially when we see people, um, famous people or people we know that are operating in an exceptional way, we often think, oh, they, they're gifted for that, which, you know, could be part of it. But we somewhat negate or downplay the impact of practice and, you know, being under tutelage from great teachers and the supportive environment that someone may have had to get there. And my favorite example of this is Prince, uh, the musician, singer, artist, I should say. Uh, you know, Prince is a musical genius, and I just can't imagine what all is in his vaults and recordings um, now that he's passed away. I'm sure we're going to be surprised by things that come out over the last, you know, the next several years. And I think what's interesting is that it's been reported that he wrote, you know, he endeavored, challenged himself to create a new piece of music every single day. Every day, he wrote a new piece of music, not played, not practiced but a new piece of music every day. And they say there are like 50 fully produced videos in his vault that we've never even seen. And you know, but we hear Purple Rain and think I could never do that. Well, 
No, we can't because we're not spending every day writing music, right? That's the kind of intense practice he put in. I love one of those same thing with you think about Michael Jordan. You all might remember that commercial from the probably the 80s or so where he said he's talking to young people and he's saying, basically, did I make a mistake? Did I make it look easy? Did I? You know, did I not tell you about all the practice I put in? Did I not tell you about all the failures? Did I not tell you how I pushed myself every day of my life? And if you've seen his documentary, you know how intense he was. So I guess I'm saying that to say is that you may want to do something that you don't currently have the skill set for. I mean, I think about, I really wanted to be a business owner. And while I had a skill set for the actual content of the work, you know, the offerings we provide, I had no skill set in being a business owner. No one in my family had owned a business. I'd never worked with a business owner closely to understand things. So you may also be in the same position. You want to do something you don't have a skill set for. You can build it. You can build it. You can invest in intense practice. You know, I take classes all the time. I mentioned I'm starting a new class in August about just always practicing coaching skills. Like I'm always trying to get better in that. You can invest in intense practice. You can find committed teachers. I already mentioned my nutritionist, other coaches I've hired to help me get better in different things. And you can find supportive people, right? Sometimes that's your family. I know the research from Dr. Bloom talked about family support. Sometimes that's your family. Sometimes it's not. And you have to build your own community of support to help you build whatever skill set you're most interested in. So I think the most, I think the major revelation for me in this area is that yeah, you may not be good in a skill set, but you can you can say it differently, which is I'm not good at that now, right? It's not necessarily something you can't develop if you don't want to. And we apply this to lots of things. Like, you know, I even talk about at one point I should say, oh, I'm just not good with names. Well, no, you're not good with names, but that's because you don't put practice in it. You don't practice trying to get people's names right. Um, you don't learn how other people are able to you know, kind of understand people's names and connect them to different qualities and remember them later. So a lot of times we say, oh, I'm not good at that. And we need to say, you know, I'm not good at that now, because really it is a now. If you decide you want to build that skill set, you absolutely can. Um, You just have to be willing to put in the practice, find people that'll help you from a teacher standpoint and listen to them and, you know, respond to what they're telling you. And then you have to find the support you need to do it. So if you want to make a change and it requires a different skill set, I don't want that to put you off. It is an investment of time. And certainly you do need to like that area. You know, if I go back to the Prince example, he's writing a new piece of music every day. I'm not saying every day he felt like doing it because that's probably unreasonable for everything. I mean, even when you love your job, like I do, it's not like you love every aspect of it or every day you feel like it, right? (laughs) Sometimes you have to, the discipline has to take over your commitment, your purpose has to take over when you're motivation isn't there, but it probably was something he really enjoyed, right? It's, it's going to be hard to get up every day and practice and not even just practice, write new music every day if that's not what you enjoy. So there is an element of you want to be something you enjoy, but after that, if it is, you can invest the time needed to build that skill set into an area of expertise that I hope that you do. So that's the skill set area. So, you know, in summary, we can make changes happen in our life. We can make them happen in career areas. We can develop better habits around health or wellness or whatever you're focused on. We can become better parents and partners and friends and, you know, whatever it is, work, develop better work habits. All of those things are possible. We just have to be willing to make change happen. And I hope you've identified at least one thing you can do differently, whether it's in your people set, it's in your mindset, 
or it's in building a new skill set. All of those can contribute to significant change in your life. And I, I hope you do it. And reach out to me and let me know what changes you're making and, and kind of what areas of your life you're applying it to. And I am like my friend told me yesterday, I'm praying for you and cheering for you, which I love that. I'm praying for you and cheering for you to make the change happen that is most important to you. And it's going to contribute to a more abundant life. So write me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. I'm at Arlene underscore pace underscore green. Let me know what changes you're making in your life and be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where I share tips, resources, freebies, and ideas to help you love your job and grow your business. Click join the crew in the show notes.